This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Joyful Courage Podcast, a place for information and inspiration on the parenting journey. I am your host, Casey O'Rourke, positive discipline trainer and parent coach. I am so glad that you are listening in. And I just want to give a special shout out to all the listeners that are new. If this is your first show, welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad that you found me. And please know there are loads more shows to listen in on. So make sure that you uh, get subscribed to the podcast and you can just scroll on down and it's a feast. It's a feast of goodness in the podcasting world. Just find shows that speak to you and listen, 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 catch up. If you find yourself laughing, taking notes, or excited about what you hear on today's show, please do me a favor and pay it forward. Share this episode with your friends, your families, your neighbors, the other parents in the preschool class. Your sharing is the reason I'm able to show up for you each week, and I'm so deeply honored to do so. My guest today is positive discipline trainer, Kristen Hovios. She combines a career of teaching and serving with her passion for creating mutually respectful environments for families, children, classroom, and schools. In her collaboration with teachers, administrations, and families, Kristen's goal is to help facilitate opportunities for adults and students to become compassionate leaders with the hope that doing so will help build more peaceful communities. She serves on the Positive Discipline Association's Board of Directors and is an approved vendor for Chicago Public Schools. Kristen also is a committed teacher with over a decade of experience in vocational adult education serving Chicago's Cordova Institute as both educational director and adjunct faculty. With an understanding and dedication to lifelong learning, Kristen is also pursuing academic coursework to complete a master's in education. She found the work of positive discipline during her research for Chicago public school options for her two elementary age kids who remain both her best teachers and the encouragement for her continued learning. She resides in Chicago with her husband, children, and evolving menagerie of animals. Welcome to the podcast, Kristen. Thank you, Casey. I'm so glad to I'm be so here. I'm so glad you're here too. Please share a little bit more. I kind of just gave your life story, but we're all good. <laughs> it's a long bio. I'm so it's sorry. 
Please share anything I left out about your journey to doing what you do. Well, I found positive discipline when I was looking for where my, my kids were going to school. Um, Chicago is a vast, vast place. And my, both my husband and I um, are not Chicago natives, but we really wanted public school to be where our kids were. And it was, it's just really, really important to us being citizens of the world to be citizens in our public school system. So as I was doing some research, I found this school called Ravenswood and Ravenswood is a positive discipline school. I had no idea what that meant. So I ended up calling the school administrator and saying, who can tell me about this positive discipline thing? And the assistant principal got on the line and I said, what it, what's it look like? Like, give me, it sounds great, but give me an example. And so he said, a bunch of fifth graders were having a problem. And a lot of them were getting hurt on the playground while they were playing football during recess. And we could have just stopped football, but that didn't seem very fair or give them an opportunity to do any problem solving. So they had this thing called a class meeting where they decided to have one person every day be the referee. And then they checked in the next week and there were no people, no more people getting hurt. I said, this sounds great. So we were able, sometimes um, Chicago Public School Choice is also known lovingly as Chicago Public School Chance because it's a lottery system. And we were lucky enough to get uh, both of our kids who are currently in third grade and second grade in when they were in first grade and kindergarten. And then I became a parent educator. So you, you find the school with this whole positive discipline thing. Your kids get mm-hmm. in. So I'm guessing you must have gone, did you find like, were you curious? What was the, the kind of, uh, where did you go as far as parenting went? Sure. Um, so at the same time that I was finding this great opportunity to be in schools and classroom, what's called classroom management and learning about social emotional learning, I also was completely struggling as a parent. <laughs> totally. <laughs> With you. Just like, uh, and not necessarily paying attention to my own gut. Mm-hmm. I was listening to a lot of other people in my life. It's like, you should do this and you should do this. And um, really struggling, especially with my daughter, who was the younger of our two children and made her presence known in the world. And sometimes it was very inconvenient for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so as I found this thing, I also found that they did this thing called parent training. And so I enrolled in a course and I became a certified parent educator and read books and found resources and started my journey to be a positive discipline parent. Mm -hmm. And I really adopted it in November of 2013. And my husband adopted it in May of 2014. And that was an interesting five months in our family. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I laugh because I know Kristen's husband. (laughs) Yes, I know. He is a good guy. Um, It just took him a while to understand that kind and firm does not mean permissive. And so the other thing that we found as a family is that we were not living in our family. We thought it was a really good idea intellectually that mistakes are opportunities to learn. And we were not living that in our family. So mistakes became these really big deals. Like, you know, 
spilled milk right after I'd mopped the floor was enormously awful. Right, right. <laughs> Such a big deal. And finding that my my peaceful parenting mm-hmm. self made me want to learn more, want to share more. So I started teaching parenting workshops and Ravenswood was wonderful because they, in their school improvement plan, they wanted to teach parenting workshops. So I said, I could do that for you. And my fabulous principal said, what else can you do? So I kept volunteering and offering and learning more and diving in. And now I'm a positive discipline trainer and I have become a CPS vendor and I'm teaching parenting classes. Um, and have an opportunity to bring this work to the administrations of other schools who are interested in building these intentional, mutually respectful environments, which is so not easy. Right. Because it it really is challenging to change the language about how we are with children mm-hmm. and share our power. Yeah. And so I'm I'm still learning how to share our power. Oh yeah. Well, and I so appreciate two things that you just spoke into one talking about um, your husband and the kind and firm piece. I think that like, you know, I think of that pendulum, right? So there's kind over on this side and then it swings way over to firm. And often we as humans are either or, and it's just this, this continuous practice to try to just do small swings right there in the middle, right? Right there in the middle, the both and is so, can be so tricky because we have such poor models. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And I, and I think, so the other side of me is an anatomy teacher, Mm -hmm. right? I spent 10 years working for, um, in a, working to teach basically emerging adults massage skills. And I was the science teacher. So I, I taught, the anatomy classes. And I so appreciate this, this diving into the brain science about how we act and how, and what happens to us neurologically mm-hmm. when we are threatened and what happens to our bodies and what happens to our thoughts and our ability to find the nice things that are going to build relationships over time and how, when we're really angry, we cannot find that right. connection. Well, and I think that plays and into the, the mistakes piece too, totally, right? I mean, it's totally. just like so connected when, and I, and it's interesting years ago I was at, so listeners, the Positive Discipline Association every summer has a think tank, a conference for all the educators and trainers to come together and learn. And I remember this one particular exercise, I think it was led by Kelly Pfeiffer Um, And she had all these numbers, one to 10 on the wall. And she asked all these questions and people lined up on the range on, you know, not buying it or fully bought. Right. And so one of the questions is how committed are you or how deeply do you believe that mistakes truly are opportunities to learn? And I watched this group, right? I watched this group of trained, positive, disciplined people spread out right? You would assume Mm -hmm. like, oh, of course, this is what we teach. We're all a 10 on this one. And no, and you would have been so surprised by who was where. And and I I think it just speaks into, you know, that whole concept of there's what we know to be true in our minds, but then there's like how we feel or be in the moment of our hearts 
And it's really, you know, it's not enough just to say mistakes are opportunities to learn. It's okay. So now there's spilled milk all over the floor. How are you going to respond to that? Right? Like in the moment (laughs) stuff of, oh, well, here's one of those practice opportunities. (laughs) Like get your shit together. (laughs) Right. Well, I think, I think this, the kind firm piece, there's a trip up sometimes that we have with this idea of kind where that kind is nice. Right. Yes, totally. It's not. And, and it is kind is very nice. That's, that's another meaning for it. And I think in the positive discipline sense and in this brain science sense, we have to be connected. Totally. And so I've started to change my language from kind and firm. Um, and this is after spending time with some other people who, I just so appreciate the idea of connection and accountability. I like that. I know who you were hanging out with. (laughs) Um, I was. So, but this, and I think that really helps when we look at the societal piece of consequence, Uh right? So you made a mistake. Mm -hmm. So what's the consequence going to be? Because that we pay for our mistakes in the world, like in the bigger world, Mm -hmm. right? Or that's what we're used to saying. And when I'm talking, when I'm personally taking responsibility for my mistakes and repairing the mess, messiness that I, or the, you know, the, the chaos that I've created in my relationships, when I make a mistake, sometimes I have to be accountable for that. And so I'm keeping myself accountable as, but also trying to reconnect at the same time, um, which has totally changed the way that I apologize for wrongdoing. Right. And that's really what we're going to talk about on the show today. But before we get there, I just want to, I'm connecting some dots here too. So Mm -hmm. I love that what you just said about connected and accountable, because when we think of consequences, it's often, you know, a, a dressed up word for punishment in a lot of minds, not, not our minds, but like the, well, sometimes, sometimes right? <laughs> but when you start to think <laughs> about, Hey, if I have to be accountable, if I have to fix my mistakes, repair relationships, sometimes repair objects, if I need to come kind of come clean, like that in and of itself is a consequence. And that's actually a, a place where we can mm-hmm. learn and grow, um, and, and develop more life skills when we look through that lens. And that's what I really appreciate about what you said. Well, when we, I, I love that. And I'm going to, I'm going to use that probably tonight when I'm doing some teaching. Yeah, Thank you. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> so appreciate you. It's mutual. But the, when we talk about, I think sometimes when we talk about the word consequence, it's almost like consequences like quicksand or consequences like wet cement and you put your foot in it and you could get stuck mm-hmm. in it. Where when we have accountability, for me, the idea of accountability is the, the person who made the mistake and the person with, against whom or to whom the mistake was made, with whom the mistake was made, there's an opportunity to smooth it over like the person who's setting the concrete. I'm sure there's a tool for that, mm-hmm. right? What's the tool for setting concrete? And once you put your foot in it, you can then smooth it over, not like it never happened, Mm -hmm. 
but truly making a repair. Yeah. Well, and let's dig into that because that's what we're going to talk about. Um, that's our real topic for the day. <laughs> and, um, and it's one of those tools that I like to say is all about human relationships. So yes, we talk about it in positive discipline. discipline. We talk about it with parents and teachers in their relationships with children. But as many of you who followed me or have been positive discipline students know, we call it parenting, but really it's humaning, right? It's human relationship skills. And so <clears throat> the tool that we're going to talk about making amends also, like you refer to it, recovering from a mistake, or as we say in our house, making it right. It's an actual mm -hmm. positive discipline tool. So tell the listeners a little bit like about the logistics of making amends or the R's of recovery. We call it a lot of things, <laughs> right? It's true. Um, what are the steps to that? We'll start there. Hey, so I'm so excited. I want to share with you about one of our new sponsors, Starglow Media. They have this amazing show for all of you with younger kids called Mysteries About True Histories. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers and on adventures through time packed with puzzles and hidden equations, histories and laughs. You all know Alana, our co-founder at Sproutable. She listened to the show with her seven-year-old and loved it. They would pause the show and try to figure out the math problems together, loved learning about different cultures and the histories around the world. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and so much more. Math is geared Math is what they call it. Math is geared towards kids six and over, but can be enjoyed by the entire family. Episodes drop every Thursday, and they're about 15 minutes, perfect length for the car rides, mealtime, break time, bedtime. Each episode is stacked with so much laughter, and your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories math with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well-being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first First box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. So... 
the steps as I, as I walk the walk in my family, when I'm trying to make something right is to first, number one, make sure that everyone is ready for an apology to be connected. Right. So if, if, one of the two people, or sometimes one of the four people, depending on how big the mistake is in our in our little tribe here in Chicago, which is includes uh, my husband, my son, and my daughter, and myself. If if it's a big one, we all have to be ready, mm-hmm. and we all have to be calmed down. Yeah. So number one is just making sure that we're ready for that reconnection. So number the second step for me is to actually reconnect to to sit at eye level. And I like to think about it as heart level because mm, I'm, like I'm bigger than my kids. So make sure our hearts are about the same level. Um, and I don't have to be in front of them, but I can often be beside them. Um, and tell them, you know, I really want to reconnect with you. And then that third R for me is recognize I made a mistake. Mm-hmm. That awareness that I know I made a mistake and that I speak it. And so then I say what it was, mm-hmm. whatever it was, and recognize what, why I think what I did was not right. Mm-hmm. Not trying to defend it, right? I'm sorry, I was angry and I did, or I was hungry, <laughs> <It's> often <laughs> what it is, hungry and I did this, but I did mm-hmm. this and owning mm-hmm. it. And in the future, whatever I'm going to do in the future. Um, so I'll be happy to share a picture of this with your listeners. But there was one day, and it was, I don't know, back in March, that I, you know, it was not a really good positive discipline morning getting the kids off to school. <laughs> <laughs> I have a story to share when you're done. So, yes, please share. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, how those things work, right? All my little R's is I printed my, my, one of my children really loves animals and she loves the sloth. So I wrote her, I print, I found this really cute artwork of a sloth and I printed it out and I created this card and it says, I'm a little slow. Sometimes I feel awful about this morning. I am sorry. It was a mistake to make you feel bad. It was a mistake to yell and it was a mistake to blame in the future. I will work quicker to catch myself and my lid. We can talk about that in a second and my lid quicker and cool off before I say something mean. I hope you can forgive me. Love mom. And I was able to tuck it into her lunchbox so that she actually found it at lunch. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, she didn't, she didn't know I went back to school. Um, <laughs> <laughs> after dropping her off, being so mean. So, you know, it's, so I, she was going to be cooled off. Number one. Yeah. Right? I recognized the mistake. Mm-hmm. I reconnected with her. The, the sloth, I was hoping anyway, was reconnecting with her because I found something that I knew that she mm-hmm. liked. I apologized for the action and I was very clear about what I did. That was a mistake. Um, and I resolved to do something in the future. Yeah. I love that. <clears throat> I love that so much. And, um, I really appreciate that first piece around everybody being calm. I think that we are mm-hmm. all so anxious to get moving and wanting everybody to be on our agenda and our time. I, 
my story, which I shared, I think I shared it on a Facebook Live a few weeks ago, but you know, I have a 14-year-old, I have a teenager, and so we're bumping up against all the typical teen things and all the, I think, probably our typical parent fears. Well, I'm bumping up against that. She is not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and She doesn't have right, the same fears you Right. <laughs> anyway, there was, um, something came up, and we were talking about it, and I slipped into fear. And I just kept going on and on. And I remember in my mind thinking like, I really want her to get this. I really want her to understand the depth here. And I just was like on and on until it kind of took (laughs) a turn where it became um, hurt, like kind of passive aggressive hurtful. And then I just knew I had to walk out. She got, she teared up and I was like, okay, well now I'm done. I'm I'm just going to walk away. And I walked away got it together. And a little while later I walked and she was in the bathroom brushing her teeth. And I walked in and I just stood there and she looked at me and she was teeth brushing. And I said, I want to, I want to make it right with you. And she's brushing her teeth, looking at me and she has a Sonicare. And so every time the Sonicare died, she turned it back on. (laughs) (laughs) And I just stood there and I was like, really, you're just going to keep turning it on. And she kind of raised her eyebrows and, you know, was like, gave the the teen like, yeah, look to me. And so I, and I stood there for a while and then I said, fine, you know, and I walked away. And as soon as I walked away, she turned off her toothbrush and she said, no, wait, come back. Mm-hmm. Which was like both of us, I, I felt it energetically, both of us releasing, you know, mm-hmm. and then I got to say, hey, you know, I just went on and on and it got hurtful and it was not helpful to you. And I'm really sorry that I treated you like that. I got caught up in my fear and it's not okay to, to, to make people feel the way that I made you feel. And I'm sorry. Right. And then, and then done, we were, oh, oh, and I, you know, and I was like, and I'm, you know, it's going to be a long road here. (laughs) I said, I'm really going to (laughs) practice recognizing when the fear creeps in and gets in my way. Um, and I'm going to do my best with that, you know? And yeah. And then we hugged it out and everything, you know, and then we were like back on that solid ground with each other and able to move on. And I think that because that practice has been a part of our family since the kids were so little, it's a pretty quick recovery, you know, um, most of the time, <laughs> It's a pretty quick, like we can find our solid ground is so, our foundation is so solid that even when it gets rocky, we're pretty, you know, it's easy to find our footing again, which I'm grateful for, which I'm grateful for. And I love that as trainers, we both, you know, we get to facilitate this work for others as well as in our own home. Um, What are you noticing? What comes up in your classes? What do you think gets in the way around making amends for people? Where do they get hung up? Well, I think the first place that we as adults get hung up is being willing to have our children, you know, whether it's our, our, our students or our children, see us making a mistake. I mean, for a while, um, it hasn't been really until recently that my husband and I have strong conversations, right? Where we don't agree with things in front of the kids because they sometimes they have 
They now trust that we're going to come back together no matter what we say. And sometimes there's this concern of, oh, no. <laughs> I can see it in Julian's face. Like, are you, oh, no. Um, so I think that there is this idea sometimes that we have to have this facade of adults have it all together. Mm-hmm. And really the opposite, in my experience, is true. And my belief is true. That, the, that when our children see adults be able to make mistakes and recover from mistakes and share the power of a heartfelt reconnection apology, Mm -hmm. because it's not just an, I'm sorry. Right. That's important. And it's not a walk over there and say, you're sorry. No, I, there was a lot of that. I remember sort of, (laughs) I, I have an older brother, but he's six years older than I am. So I can remember that. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. And feeling that it wasn't real. Right. And knowing that it wasn't real. And so that actually did more damage to our relationship, our sibling relationship, than it did good. Yeah. Um, so I think that you said this already. We want to we want to rush and get through things. Mm-hmm. And so if the apology could be really fast, then fine. Um, so that's the second thing is that we want to rush and, and this stuff takes time. Yeah. It takes time to find your words because first you have to not be mad. And there's a, it's probably that when you did something that's, that was damaging to the relationship, you did it when you were mad. So you have to calm down first before you can even recognize and have awareness that, Ooh, man, what I just said, that was probably hurtful because it's really hard to be empathetic when you're so mad. And don't you think also, like, I, I think, yes. And we feel like it has, we have to recover so fast. Mm-hmm. And we don't, you don't, listeners, listen to us. It's, it's okay. Even if it's the next day, even if it's the afternoon after school, mm. after having a tough morning, right? It's, it, 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 the power is, it's not about like some quick turnaround. Can I say something else about that? even if it's years later. And so I mentioned that I didn't find positive discipline as a parenting style (laughs) until my children were five Mm -hmm. and four. Um, And when my little girl was three, um, I needed to bathe her. She was really dirty and she did not want to take a bath. And I had not found my graceful self Mm -hmm. yet. And I was not at all playful. And so, but I was very respectful. I did not want to take off her clothing in any sort of rough Mm -hmm. way, but I did want her hair to be washed because I think it probably had some lots of (laughs) dirt, mud, whatever it was, you know, um, probably sand. We were at the Mm -hmm. beach. So I remember her screaming and because usually adults are bigger and can lift children who are three up, I plopped her in the tub. I said, I'm sorry you don't want to take a bath, but it's right Mm -hmm. now, now. Because I had to do whatever else I Mm -hmm. had to do. So fast forward five years, my children are now eight and nine. They are still kind of reluctant bathers. (laughs) (laughs) Traumatized. (laughs) And, you know, who knows? Right, right. 
knows, but, but I had the opportunity, I was alone, my, my father, my father, oh, sorry, Peter, (laughs) my husband, um, my husband was traveling over Mother's Day. So I actually had the opportunity to be like a solo parent on Mother's Day, which was awesome. Um, and it, we all had to bathe. (laughs) It was hot. We all had to do it. And as I was cleaning up the kitchen, I had this thought about that day in the tub. And I was cleaning, cleaning up the kitchen. And I said, if you guys have a minute, I have an apology that I have to have with you. Um, and sat down after I finished wiping things up. I said, I am sorry. And they're like, they look, each looked at each other like, she hasn't done anything yet today. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and I said, when you were three, I plopped you in the tub. And I, I you know, I washed you without your whole, do you remember that? And she, and she looked at me and her eyes got big and wide. And Julian said to me, mommy, I was, I wanted to stand up for Ava. Mm. I wanted to stand up for Ava, but I was really afraid that you would put me in my room. And so I didn't say anything. And I, you know, I don't know. Does he remember that? Does he not remember that? Like really? Or does he remember the feeling? Yeah. I don't know if he remembers the moment or the feeling, but I just went with what he said with, he remembered the moment. And I said, I'm sorry. I was doing the best I could with the tools I had at that mm-hmm. time. And I know that what I know now, I would not do that again. Yeah. And what I was doing was setting the stage because if they're, if they're worried about bathing now, <laughs> I know what's going to happen to them in the next few years, their bodies are going to change. They're going to get really smelly. <laughs> going to get smelly, right? They're, they're, they're not there yet. Neither one of them hormonally, but I wanted to be able to, like, I had that thought and guess what this week they're just trotting to the tub and taking a bath by themselves. Well, Is that a coincidence or have they let that? I don't know. Who knows? But energetically, I just love to think about what's happening energetically with our kids when we can, when you connected like that with them, like the energetic release. I had a, a gal in one of my classes who her, the struggle was teeth brushing, right? One day, one, one parent mm-hmm. helping parent, she was getting help around her son and teeth brushing. And then a whole, a couple of weeks later, we were in class and somebody brought up um, like just random techniques that are hurtful that parents use like saucing. Have you ever heard of saucing where you put hot sauce in their mouth for making a mistake? Oh gosh. So the same mom was says, well, there was that one time I put hot sauce on his toothbrush and I looked at her and I said, wow, I wonder if that's connected to why he now doesn't like brushing his teeth. And her whole face changed. And it was like, she had never put those two things together. Mm-hmm. And it was really... Mm-hmm helpful because it became less about her taking it personally and him just being defiant and more of, wow, we have some, like there's healing to be done there. And that's what I'm hearing in your story is like an opportunity to heal a a past wound. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. 
I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics, depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and, more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests, too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free. Right. Yep. So that's awesome. And, and our, ch- and that our children, here's, here's another, like when we go back to recover to mm-hmm. something, I think another thing that gets in people's ways of having recovery connection or having recovery conversations is that we don't want to ruin a perfectly good day or a perfectly good moment, perfectly good 10 minutes of time. Mm-hmm to go back and recover. Like everything's fine right now. Why would I want to go back to that place? Mm-hmm. And in our family, we've gotten over that, mm-hmm. but I think that that is a hurdle that we have that, um, people new to this idea of connection and accountability can trip up on because if it's going really well now, why would I want to bring something up? That's tough. And that can be the moment to bring it mm-hmm. up because everything is calm yeah. and the brain is, is actually able to hear it. Um, I do think let's go back to the, to the weekends conversation I have with my kids. I asked them if they would both be willing to have a recovery conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is something that I learned, believe it or not, reading, um, the, the autobiography of Nelson Mandela, which is he, he be- he believed that apartheid ended for one one of the reasons that he was able to bring that con- that huge social mm-hmm. change in a country is his ability to have a conversation about the conversation. Mm, I love that. And 
you don't know what someone else is going through in their day. You really are ready to apologize, but they may have 16 other things on their mind and they can't even listen to you. Right. Or as they become teenagers, I think that asking permission for that conversation and when you get a no, I'm not ready. And it feels like, oh, like what in my experience, it feels a little hurtful to receive, Mm -hmm. which is a great indicator to me that my child is still hurting. And so the follow-up just becomes, well, let me know when you're ready. Right. Let me know when you're ready. And I think that going back to what you said about not wanting to bring something up when everything's going so well, like really getting curious around that, you know, because I think that that is a reflection of how pain, the pain that we feel around our mistake, the adult versus the right thing to do, which is to model one on one hand to model, but on the other hand to heal with the child, mm-hmm. like you can be uncomfortable and you can make amends, but un- discomfort is not like, that's not, don't let it be a roadblock. It could be a speed bump, but you know, discomfort I think is a place to get curious, not a place to stop. Oh, and this is where you're, I have to say that being in this conversation, it just can show up. Like there are a couple of recovery conversations that I'm actively avoiding having. <laughs> you and me both, <laughs> girl. <laughs> like, oh no, I don't want to do this today. I'm having a perfectly good day. But there, um, and often the, I can have recovery conversations with kids, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and some of the like recovery conversation with, with peers or someone that I have not I've got some physical distance mm-hmm. with um, that are might be adults in mm-hmm. my life <laughs> mm. um, to get curious about that too, just for my own oh, self. Yeah. And I, and being aware of it can, it can be uncomfortable and being able to practice being in that discomfort and saying the words anyway mm-hmm. is where some real growth has the opportunity to occur. And then I think I have to look at my own personal response to forgiveness. Mm. Yeah. Which is, which is something that I am actively looking at, right? Like to really forgive someone, um, has the opportunity to stand in their world and truly believe that they were doing the best that they could Mm. with the tools that they had at the time that anything happened. Yeah, and forgiveness isn't condoning whatever hurt mm-hmm. has been inflicted on you. It's really releasing yourself from allowing that experience to continue to hurt you. Oh, right? Nice. That was deep. Did you write that down? I'm going to write that. <laughs> I'm going to report, reread this or re-listen to it and write that down at that very moment. Thank you. And I think, oh, this is so juicy, right? And I think too, you know, when I'm thinking about one conversation in particular that I need to have, you know, there's also the story that I create about what my mistake means about me, which, and it's simply a story, right? If I didn't follow through with something I said I was going to do, if it took a turn and, and in the end I didn't follow through, I get to, I can, that's a, that's a neutral, like, that's just what happened, right? And then as the human looking at that, I get to either decide 
I get to decide the story I tell about that. And it's so easy to slip into, oh, I suck. I'm the worst. (laughs) I failed, right? And this other person is going to think that I suck and that I'm the worst and that I failed. Or I can choose a different, you know. Or or that I'm I'm going to interrupt you for a second. Or that I'm a fraud. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm very familiar with that. Because, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think all of us parent educators, you know, we have those really tough moments with our kids. And then it's like, oh, my gosh, how do I? How is it possible that I people pay me money to teach them? <laughs> Full disclosure, <laughs> listeners, this happens. Well, th- that's it's funny because I don't I, I I feel like I'm so transparent about the foibles that I have with my kids mm-hmm. that I never feel like a fraud in parenting in the parenting stuff. But for the other adults in my life who know that this is what I do, and then I'm really so committed to having mutually respectful relationships. Okay, so in that experience with the adults, right, in our life where things get messy and we don't show up as ourselves, where has that where has that shown up for you and what have you done about it? So the most recent experience, Casey, that comes to mind is really with my parents. And now I'm like, Eck, do I want to send this to my parents for them to listen to? But I will. Um, they came to visit the weekend after the inauguration. And for us, the election was very different in our house, right? Mm-hmm. From how our my immediate family with my husband and my children experienced the election and how my parents experienced the election, we both had really different feelings about the outcome. Mm-hmm. One of us was happy. One of us wasn't. Um, and what I find is in my work, I can sort of be a buoy above all of that fractious conversation and drop in and get really curious and not get so bogged down in the emotion. And with adults that I'm really close to, sometimes my tools and all the tools that I use professionally evaporate personally. Mm -hmm. And the conversation um, that happened back in January when my parents were here was not productive and was frankly really hurtful. Mm -hmm. I was really hurtful to them. Um, So I just recently saw them and I was not able to have a conversation with my dad because he was going through his stuff and we didn't have a moment or time, but I was able to have a repair conversation with my mom where I had already regathered myself, right? That, that if we're talking about hours of recovery and I made myself really rational before I started it and I recognized with her, I really, really stepped in it and was unkind to you the last time we were together. And how that happened and how, what that resulted in is the whole weekend was about us, about me really, and my resistance and my anger at you instead of any questions or conversations or curiosity. I didn't use the tools that I had and I'm so, so sorry. Mm -hmm. And what I resolve in the future, mom this is really the way I was with her. And it, it, it's so fresh because it happened yesterday morning. <laughs> um, but how, what I really, really resolve with you is to show up and ask questions and 
really be curious about where you are and and what you're what you're coming where you're coming from without judgment because I want to know you. Mm-hmm. How was that received? So gracefully. Mm. So beautifully. There was so much hurt. I mean, and you know, January and yesterday and for the listeners um, my, my yesterday was the last week of June or the last week of July. Mm-hmm. So that was six months of sitting on it. Yeah. And, and where I go back to that is that with the people that you love and the people who are most important to you, even if you don't love them, even if you are in relationship with them, right. Whether it's your adult colleagues or, you know, who, whomever you need to have these repair conversations with, it's never too late. Yeah. Love to that. recognize at when you are calm and maybe asking them if they are also calm. So asking them for the invitation into the conversation, mm-hmm. but it's never too late to practice repair. Beautiful. Love it. So in this context of repair and relationship, Kristen, what does joyful courage mean to you? So I don't think that repairing relationships comes naturally or easy to us. It is a practice. And so in the context of repairing relationships, what joyful courage means to me is that there's a consistent opportunity to practice repair that it's always worth it, that it's not, it's so important in the whole trajectory of our lives together as human beings. And it helps to, you know, if we can be joyful in our repair, then maybe we can also turn the corner and be joyful about mistakes. Mm -hmm. And those two really weave together like, um, longitude and latitude, and they can hold us in this sea of uncertainty. Mm. That was deep. I liked it. I don't know if you saw the interweaving of my fingers. But I did. So I was. Probably- <laughs> <laughs> my fingers are all together. Like I love there anything go. that's going to interweave and hold us. Mm. And- Beautiful. Thank you so much. Well, where can listeners find you and follow your? your work and what you're doing in the world. So I'll make sure that I get the right Facebook follow in the show notes. So please look, um, because I don't, I'm, I'm practicing my skill and building my skills at Facebook. So I'm not sure what it is. (laughs) I think it's my (laughs) website, although I know, and my website is, um, www.selchicago.com. Okay. And that stands for social emotional learning and, um, the coaching that I do for parents and for, uh, community leaders, including school leaders helps adults build their social emotional skills. And I'm really looking at all of these opportunities to build skills. Awesome. Great. And if people want to work with you around coaching, they can just find you on your website. They can find me on my website. Great. Well, thank you so much for being with me, Kristen. This was so great. Oh, Casey, you are such a big part of growth, my own personal growth. And I am so honored to be with you. Thank you. (laughs) 
Wow. Big thanks for all of the candid sharing and information that we just got with that interview with Kristen. I'm so grateful that she took the time to come and be on the show with me. I love talking about making amends. This parenting tool was one of the most powerful pieces to shifting the way that I was being and the way that I was holding relationship with my kids. This was big, big, big for me. And I am thrilled to get to talk about it. So yay. Well, I just want to say thank you to all of you for showing up and listening into my conversation. I'm so, so grateful for the listenership. Next week, I'll be back on with a solo show. I'm really looking forward to that and digging into one of the challenges that's showing up in the Live in Love with Joyful Courage Facebook group. So if you're not already in that group, head on over there, ask to join, you'll be accepted. And it's really a community of parents who are looking for support and celebration from a group of people that are like-minded and really on the journey of joyful courage inside of their parenting. If you are not already a subscriber to the show, And what that means, if you're a subscriber, that means that you have an app on your phone or tablet where the show just automatically comes to you each time I publish a new one. If you're not already doing that, then head on over to iTunes or Google Play, search for Joyful Courage and subscribe. Do it. Do it, do it. And I also want to invite you, if you listen to the show today and it was and it landed for you, if it really resonated with you, but you're still stirring around in the, how do I do this? How do I put this into practice? How do I take action on this? One-on-one coaching is absolutely going to support you in that. If you are having some feels around what it means to own your mistakes, if you're feeling like you're really out of control or not, or not. If you just feel like you need a little tune-up, all of that is what one-on-one coaching will support you with. It is your space and time with me to really craft and be intentional and nurture your relationship with yourself, your relationship with your family, and the way that you are currently showing up in the world. So if one-on-one coaching is something that you are interested in, please shoot me an email at casey at joyfulcourage.com. We can have an exchange. I can give you more information. We could even do a 15-minute exploratory call where you can ask questions, find out all the logistics around coaching. Just shoot me that email, casey at joyfulcourage.com, and I am happy to talk more about it with you. Yay. Big thanks to my team, Chris Mann, the man at Pod Shaper for being my super amazing producer and making the show sound oh so good. And my behind the scenes mama, Anna Proctor, for all she does in support of my work. Um, and for, to my community, thank you, all of you out there listening and commenting and sharing with the only way that this work can really have the impact that it's meant to have is if we pass it around. So big, huge love to each and every one of you. Thank you for sharing. And I will see you next week. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell?, laughing in the face of motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. 
Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. <laughs> well, you're Amy more of a, we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts.